listening to the IPHC Leadership Cast. episode of the IPHC Leadership Cast. I'm Janice Bennett, and today I'm here with W.A. Mills, the new Men's Ministries Director for the IPHC. Welcome, W.A. Well, thank you, Janice. It's a joy to be here with you, and I appreciate this opportunity to chat with you for a few minutes about Men's Ministries. Yes, we're looking forward to hearing from you today. So you took the, you assumed this role in the middle of um, 2017. 18, actually, this year. Oh, right, yes. that's right, 2018. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, W.A.? Well, I'm fifth generation IPHC, my great, great maternal grandfather, M.S. Paramore, was a pioneer pastor church planner at the turn of the 20th century. He actually held credentials with the uh, Holiness Church of North Carolina and would, would have been a part of that 1911 merger between the Fire Baptized Holiness and the North Carolina the Holiness Church of North Carolina that came together and formed the Pentecostal Holiness Church. So I have a rich heritage and history. I came to Christ as a young boy at the age of five. My father was an IPHC uh, pastor for 17 years until he was promoted and went to be with the Lord uh, at age 37. I was a 12-year-old boy. Uh, my mother, younger brother, and I moved from his last pastorate in Charlotte, North Carolina to Greenville, North Carolina. So I grew up in Eastern North Carolina. I'm a graduate of Holmes Bible College, uh, serve as the vice chairman of trustees there, and proud of my alma mater and to be an alumnus of of the institution. And I served a short stint in London, England, came back from London. That was in 1985. I married my wife uh, after meeting her at Holmes. I always teased her and said she got the MRS degree and I got the the bachelor's degree in Bible. We married and uh, had three children together. They're all young adults now and Mm -hmm. the first two are married and the firstborn and her husband have my two grandbabies. So I'm a father and a grandfather. And um, my wife was promoted a little over two and a half years ago after a four and a half year uh, health challenge. Uh, So I am, unfortunately, I have this label that I don't like, but it is what it is. I'm a widower. And this is a good fit for me at this particular season in my life, especially with all the travel that's involved. Mm -hmm. I served with Bill Terry, my predecessor, for 12 years of his tenure. I was on his board. And I uh, Prior to that, 32 years of pastoral ministry total. Uh, But even before I joined Bill on his team, I've always been a strong advocate for men's discipleship, for mentoring men one-on-one, small groups, larger affinity groups, and then through through, uh, big events in the local church. So every church I've pastored when I arrived did not have a men's an active men's fellowship, men's ministry, whatever you want to call it. There was no intentional plan for men, men's discipleship. But every church, four churches total, uh, the last 21 in Buena Vista, Virginia, I've, I've always implemented wow. and led uh, the church in men's ministries and discipleship. And uh, my philosophy is you can't, uh, you can't sell what you don't buy. So even here in Oklahoma City, I've already connected with uh, several of our IP 
PHC churches, their, their men's ministries, and uh, attend as much as I can their events. But also I've connected with a, uh, another pastor in the in Midwest City. Uh, I believe I said that right, Midwest, Midwest City, City yeah. uh, Oklahoma, who, who leads uh, the, the men's ministries at the church. He pastors a church of about 600 in attendance on wow. the weekend. And they have a monthly meeting that's just dynamic. Uh, so I, the last thing I want to be is a figurehead that uh, talks about theory, but is out of touch with reality. So um, I bring 32 years of pastoral experience to the table. Uh, and I feel like I can, with, with some credibility, talk to pastors especially and help them strategize on how to uh, appeal to men in their, not only in within the existing web of relationships and within the church, but in their in their community. Right. How can they draw those men in yeah. and get them involved in discipleship? Yeah, it sounds like the Lord's really prepared you for the role that He has you in now, especially if you know, like well, you said, establishing yes. those ministries in the different churches that you've pastored, and just the different opportunities right. that He's provided you along the way. So. Well, I, I believe so. You know, F. B. Meyer said, "There's no work to which God calls you for which He's not prepared to qualify." Mm-hmm you and my experience in life and ministry has been that with, with every new assignment mm-hmm. as I was able to look back I, dis- I discovered that he had prepared me right. uh, and I'm still in that continuum of, of preparation and learning the ropes so to speak mm-hmm. uh, but I, I guess you wanted to talk a little bit about my vision right yeah, for, you've, had, yeah you've had some time in this role right. to kind of get adjusted and to get acquainted and everything so tell us a little bit what is your vision for well First of all, I would express appreciation and gratitude for the men uh, whose shoulders I'm standing on, men men like uh, Bill Terry, uh, my predecessor, and then Jack Kelly, uh, his predecessor. And then if you go back even further, Bill Wellens, who was our first men's fellowship, it was called at the time. But I'm standing on their shoulders and they've laid a tremendous foundation. And there's a biblical principle about honoring uh, your elders and honoring those who have labored before you. And Jesus even talked about that, that we've entered into the labors and the the ministry of those who've gone before us. So I'm grateful for the foundation that's already laid. So my, my intention is to keep building on that foundation and, and expanding it. Uh, I believe that the purpose of men's ministries for a denomination is to come alongside of pastors and leaders of men uh, and help them with resources and, and strategizing to call men in their sphere of influence and in their congregation and community to call those men into a life of authentic manhood. And the best definition I have found for that is Robert M. Lewis, uh, the uh, uh, founder of Men's Fraternity. Now it's called uh, Authentic Manhood. Um, In his book, The Quest for Authentic Manhood, he says a real man (laughs) is a man who rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, Mm -hmm. and expects the greater reward, God's reward. Uh, And the first man, Adam, failed on all four of those counts. Uh, It's clear. It's there in the book of beginnings, Mm -hmm. the book of Genesis. Uh, He failed in all four of those areas. But the second Adam, Mm 
the perfect man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He succeeded in all of those areas. And when we're born again, of course, Christ comes to live on the inside of us. That's the, the hope of glory, the, the mystery of the gospel, Paul says, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I, I want to help men realize that Christ in them, that authentic man in them, uh, empowers them daily to reject passivity, to accept responsibility, to lead courageously, and to expect the greater reward, God's reward. It, it's the church in a man's heart first, and then it's the church in his home, and then it's the church in his habitat. And, and we're a person first. Our most important relationship, of course, is with God, our maker and our redeemer. And then if you're married, the next most important person is your spouse, your wife. Right. And and if, if you have children, then, then you're a parent. Mm-hmm. And only then are you a professional or a pastor. And what I find is that most men, uh, and, and I'm certainly not claiming to have mastered this, mm-hmm. but um, most men go to their grave and they never learn the importance of those priorities, mm-hmm. a person then a partner, then a parent, then a professional. And unfortunately, many of our pastors get that all out of whack. I did for, for years. It's difficult to keep um, that in balance. Yes. And, and my late wife used to tell me, you know, you, I don't think you would ever run around on me, but, but you have a mistress and, mm-hmm. and your mistress is the church. Mm-hmm. And, and Janice, I was guilty for years. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful that God gave me an opportunity to learn uh, the order right. of those priorities and, and to, I believe my wife left this world knowing that she was the most important human person mm-hmm to me. And, and so that's kind of the message that I'm proclaiming as I, as I travel and, and as I speak to men and preach in our churches is to call men to authentic manhood, to help them understand the, the priorities in a man's life, what they should be, and, and then how to, what that looks like, how, how to live that out. And so that, that requires uh, ongoing uh, training and, and we're what we call in our denomination, sanctification, yeah. which which is a lifelong process uh, uh, beyond that crisis moment of, of reckoning oneself dead to sin and alive to God through Christ our Lord, but but daily dying to self and living to God and and fleshing that out so that it's incarnational in a man's life, uh, so that so that we're patterning our life after Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those are such important <clears throat> things for not only men to learn, but us as as ladies and oh, as women. Sure. Learn, you know, for all yeah. of us to learn is is those priorities and setting yeah. those in our lives. Discipleship 101, really. So what are some ways that you see, what what is your vision for implementing? This? Well, as I'm traveling, I'm, I'm sharing four foundational pillars with men that, that they're pillars, I call them, but they're, but they're also strategies as well to accomplish mm-hmm. these objectives of, of answering the call to authentic manhood uh, and to aligning our lives according to those biblical priorities. The first thing I say is that we're not here to demean our our sisters. We're not here to diminish women uh, in a me too movement culture. And and in unfortunately a setting where even in the church world, there's been an abuse of male authority in the church. I want sisters, I want the women in the pew that hear me preach on a Sunday morning or that are present uh, sitting 
along the back wall. You know, they've helped prepare the meal for the event or whatever. But I want them to know that we affirm them as uh, co-equals in the body of Christ. And so I, I acknowledge the fact that we are an egalitarian church. We're not a complementarian church. We believe in uh, the, the call of God upon the lives of women, uh, even, even for serving as deaconess and elders and pastors and preachers. And so we're blessed with that rich heritage. And someone may say, but that's not the answer to the question. But before I answer the question, I like to give um, kind of a disclaimer uh, or a qualifier on the front end, just to reaffirm uh, our commitment to our sisters in Christ. But the answer to the question about how do, how do we call men into an authentic manhood and what, what might that look like in a local church. There are four foundational pillars that I'm sharing with pastors and leaders of men as I travel that men's ministries must be, number one, relational because it is not the will of the Father that any man be a Rambo or a Lone Ranger. Uh, get that mentality out of the mind. He wants us to do life together. And so no man should suffer alone. No man should uh, be an island unto himself. The scripture plainly says we don't live unto ourselves. We don't die unto ourselves. So men's ministries has to be relational. It's that vertical relationship with the perfect man, Christ, and then it's that horizontal relationship with our brothers right. in Christ. And what I find is that if we can get men to open up in a safe environment mm-hmm. and talk about the challenges of their life, if just one man will do that, right. then it opens the door. And oftentimes it's it's like somebody opened the floodgates and then men realize, wow, I'm not the only one dealing with this issue. Right. I'm not the only man, you know, just trying to figure out how to pay the bills and how to um, keep the wife happy and how to be a good father. No, there are other men dealing with these same same issues. Relational. Then men's ministries has to be transformational so that it, while it may involve a meal, because most of our meetings do, food's right. a universal language and uh, Everybody understands that language. We all like Let's a good eat. Meal. <laughs> yeah. But but men's ministries has to be more than breakfast and just chewing the fat. That's good. But but there needs to be a, an, an intentional effort to create a transformational atmosphere for men, where where they, their lives are changing and being transformed, and they're growing spiritually, and they are becoming more and more like Jesus. It's, yeah. it's Romans eight twenty nine, whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son Christ. So what does that mean? That the highest ultimate will of God for a man or a woman is not heaven. And when I say that, sometimes people go, oh, he just, that's blasphemy. No, heaven's the destination of the redeemed, but the will of God, the highest will of God is, is for you and me, men and women, to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. So how do we help men in that transformational journey? And, and in our heritage, we call that sanctification. Mm-hmm. So how do I help pastors flesh that out with their men so that there's this lifelong process of becoming more and more like the perfect man, the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. So relational, transformational, missional, uh, which, which is very similar to what I just said, but with the idea of intentionally making disciples. Right. And there are all kinds of resources available that I recommend to men, uh, men's for 
fraternity, the quest for authentic manhood. It's the 33 series it's called. Uh, there's uh, the network that uh, the Christian men's network that Paul Cole leads. Right. There is no shortage of resources. Uh, Tony Evans uh, becoming a kingdom man. There are all kinds of resources available to help pastors be intentional about making disciples. And, and under this idea of being missional, I, I, I challenge men. This is the challenge I've accepted in my life as a man. That every man needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. Mm. Uh, you need a Paul, an older man that's further along in life and preferably further along in his spiritual journey than right. you. And he's pouring into you. He's mentoring you. And when I moved out here in, in July, Janice, I prayed that God would put an older man in my life. And he's answered that prayer. Wow. The first month I was here, an older gentleman called me and he's known me since I was a boy. Yeah. And he said, let's have uh, breakfast. So we did. And uh, we, we meet on an average of twice a month. Uh, and, and we would meet more if I were here, but I right. um, travel so much. So uh, God's put that in my life. Every man needs a Barnabas, a peer mentors, and, and he's answered that prayer. And um, your, your husband happens to be one of those uh, that, that has been that for me since I came out here. And every man needs a Timothy. He needs a younger man that he's pouring his life into. Right. And since I've been out here, God's put some uh, some younger pastors. And then there, just recently, a young man, he's 38 years old. Uh, he's a, a recovering addict. And God's put him in my path. And I'm pouring into his life. So I, I don't want to be one of those figureheads that sits in an office and says to pastors and leaders, do as I say. Right. But not as I do. No, I, I I want to be in that uh, practicum of, of of practicing. I want my orthopraxy to match my orthodoxy, yeah. so that what. I'm giving to men in terms of principle. I'm fleshing it out in my own life and and leadership right. right here in Oklahoma City. And then what's really on my heart, you know, going forward is that men's ministries has to be generational as well. Yeah. Building a bridge to not only millennials, but Generation Z, it's called uh understanding older men, understanding how younger men think today and being willing to to build that bridge, uh, to, to bring them in and, and being willing to change, not the message, but, mm -hmm. but the methodology right. and the strategies uh, that create a welcoming environment for younger men. You know, how do we harness, how do we marry the, the collective wisdom of the aged with the collective energy right. of the young? And if you can, I saw it as a pastor uh, in my last church, you know, we, we were, I said, a healthy church, I believe, is an intergenerational mm -hmm. church, a multi-generational church, and even a future yeah. generational church. The psalmist prayed for the children that are not not yet born. That's right. So, uh, and I want to see that replicated with men's ministries. Now, how will I do that? I know that was, I think, one of the questions we had talked about. Uh, how, how do I envision doing that? Networking, communicating, uh, by every possible means, um, Facebook, social media, right. um, podcast, blogs, uh, telephone, and and when and when possible, face to face yeah. uh, with men. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing is just giving away preaching series that I've done to pastors and or leaders of men mm -hmm. uh, that 
they can use at, at their discretion wow. in, in the local church. I'm giving away a series I did called uh, Men Who Were I Ready. It's on the 12 apostles. It's 13 weeks worth of material. Wow. Um, and just sharing strategies with, with pastors because pastors are key. They, they really are. And unfortunately, sometimes pastors, they just feel so overwhelmed and like, oh, here's one more ministry to put on the, another plate to try to keep those plates in the air without anything crashing. And I want them to understand that if they will invest in men, mm-hmm. if they'll, if they'll mentor men, uh, one-on-one mm-hmm. and train other men to mentor men, th- th- what they're going to do is they're going to multiply their their influence and their impact. And so I, I would do that. As one of the strategies I share with pastors, I, I would meet with men at six o'clock in the morning, yeah. one-on-one over breakfast before they went to work. Then I did small groups. I called them Iron Men. We may have six men. But we would meet on a Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., start date, end date, 6 to 7, 15 a.m., a start date, run it four week, consecutive weeks. So I'm asking for a bite-sized right. chunk of commitment. Wait a while, then do another one. Right. Let let somebody else do the teaching through a DVD that's quality, mm-hmm. and then I lead the, the, discussion, the discussion, and we have prayer time and send them off to work. I watched man after man go through that that training and and saw them growing in their faith and becoming better husbands and better fathers and uh, so that's a strategy then then a large group meeting we would do that monthly with a meal and we'd have 50 men at that and then once a year we did a big outreach event we, we called it operation andrew and the whole idea was uh, you invite an unchurched man mm-hmm. to this resurrection breakfast and we did it at a hotel conference ballroom so you're you're not inviting a man to go to a church service right. you're inviting him to a free breakfast that you're going to pay for right. and you're going to feed him and he's going to get there there's 300 plus men there mm-hmm. and he's going to find out that there, there are mighty men of God, mm-hmm. and that it's that it's actually it's not uncool <laughs> to be right. a man of God. Yeah. So those are some of the strategies that I'm sharing with with pastors, especially, and leaders of men. Well, W, thank you so much. I'm just I'm so excited about some of the things that I'm hearing from you. I'm tying in the whole all generations that we as a church have been focusing on for so long, and these are great discipleship principles that we can use not only with men mm-hmm. but with women, with children, you yes. know, with all Christians. Certainly, right. Um, great practical ways that we can connect with one another and encourage one another in the faith. So thank you. Thank you for what you're doing with with men's ministries. And we look forward to seeing what God has in store in the coming years. Amen. I'm excited. Coming days for you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Janice. Thank you for listening to this edition of the IPHC Leadership Cast. For more information on the Leadership Cast and other church-related resources, please visit www.iphc.org.